Good afternoon, Fernando here. I'm recording from some of my books under the tree in the yard. The first book I'm reading from is by Eugene Peterson, Living the Message, Daily Help for Living the God-Centered Life. He's the translator of the popular Message Bible. It says, for September 11, a theologian at our side. The reason that we who pray need a theologian at our side is that most of the difficulties of prayer are are of our own making, the making of well-meaning friends or the lies of the devil, who always seems to be looking after our best self-interests. We get more interested in ourselves than in God. We get absorbed in what is or is not happening in us. We get bewildered by the huge discrepancies between our feelings and our intentions. We get unsettled by moralistic accusations that call into question our willingness to even engage in prayer. We get attracted by advertisements of secrets that will give us access to a privileged spiritual, privileged elite, spiritual elite. But prayer has primarily to do with God, not us. And the theologian's task is to train our thinking, our imagination, our understanding to begin with God, not ourselves. Start with God. The first step in learning is bowing down to God. Only fools thump their noses at such wisdom and learning. Proverbs 1, 7. You know, uh, what I got to say about that, Mr. Forrest Forrest Gump, is is basically you got to understand that God's words describing him have to go deep into the soul he is everlasting ever knowing ever merciful ever gracious ever uh ever forgiving ever good that you can't do wrong once you're in christ jesus you're you're up in a platform and only our emotions and our self-criticism keeps us from from enjoying a freedom that we have received through Christ Jesus. Yep, we live in a fallen, broken world. Yep. But God has given us an antidote, and that is Christ Jesus. The desire to do right, that's the one we have to thank God for it. The 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 light that's in us and the consciousness, we have to thank God that we have Christ in us and we accept His righteousness. We accept His forgiveness. That's all I got to say about that. Okay. <clears throat> the next book I'm going to be reading is some scripture. Now, this is really interesting. Um, the idea of time is, 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 is short. And what God told me to do is to, um, is to read his promises out loud. You know, in prayer, he gave me a vision. And it's amazing. When I read these promises in the morning, the day takes on a special uh, flavor to it, a special rhythm, uh, a special anointing of blessings. You know, um, his, his the Bible says that God's words are seven times more refined than our words. So when we say his words in faith, believing that God is listening to us, that he's out there, uh, we get results. So here we go. This is out of my daily gift, 100 promises for your every need. Day 32, favor. Favor, special privilege, indulgence, underserved partiality, kindness. That's what favor is. For it is you who blesses the righteous man, O Lord. You surround him with favor as with a shield. Psalms 5.12. For it is you who blesses the righteous man, O Lord. You surround him with favor as with a shield, Psalm 5.12. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning, Psalms 30, verse 5. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk in is blameless. Psalms 84, 11. 
And since we accepted Jesus Christ, his, his works is our works. Uh, our walk is blameless. Even if we fail, even if we fall off the handle, the, the consciousness is still there. And that's the light of Christ. So the best thing to do is agree with it. I've been forgiven forever. Okay, uh, Proverbs 3.34 says, Toward the scorner, he is scornful. But to the humble, he gives favor. Hallelujah. Who doesn't need favor? Good people obtain favor from the Lord, but he condemns those who devise wicked schemes. Proverbs 12.2 Good people obtain favor from the Lord. Proverbs 16.7 says, When people's lives please the Lord, even their enemies are at peace with them. Hallelujah. The Lord has done this for me, he, she said. In these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Luke 1.25 The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Luke 1.25 And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Luke 1.28, verse 30. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those in whom his favor rests. Luke 2.14 Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those in whom his favor rests. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Luke 4.18-19 to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Amen. And that's the freedom we get in AA. <clears throat> We're proclaiming the Lord's favor every time we get together in prayer, you know, in humbleness. Okay, the next book I'm going to be reading, amen. The next book is called The Daniel Plan, 365 Devotional. This is a book by uh, compiled by Rick Warren and a bunch of his friends. 40 Days to Live a Healthy uh, Life. It's a bestseller. Okay, I'm going to up random for today, Tuesday. It says, Focus on God's Priorities. <clears throat> and Psalm 1611 says, You may know, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Psalm 1611. You make known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasure at your right hand. So many distractions compete for our attention. We need to focus on God's plan and priorities for our lives. Some of those priorities are the same for every person. Seeking God's kingdom, loving our neighbors. Some priorities are unique to the stage of life we are in. Consider taking some time to think through the top priorities in your life. What does God want you to be devoted to? To at this point, does taking care of your spiritual, emotional, and physical help make it into your list? If you give careful attention to those, you have the energy to fulfill everything else God has called you to do. If you give careful attention to those, God wants you to experience the fullness of joy. You can do that by drawing near to Him and letting Him show you the path of your life. Try not to let distractions pull you away from that path. It's the one that leads to eternal joy. Amen. Food for thought. Choose God's path for you. Will lead, he will lead you to fullness of joy. Amen. And with that, I'm going to read one more story. This is from May 2006. Jeremy handed me this. It's an AA grapevine from 2006. So I'm going to open up randomly to a story. And here we go. I opened up to... Uh, Spiritual lines, along spiritual lines. Honoring one's faith. 
An Orthodox Jew talks about fate, recovering, and the steps of AA. He goes on to say, My name is David, and I am an alcoholic. I was the last one to know. I can't count how many times I heard or read someone else say the same thing. I was the last one to know. But honestly, I didn't believe that I was an alcoholic, even when I landed in a rehabilitation center. I figured anybody who couldn't drink for whatever reason was the poorest sap on the planet. How sad it must be, I thought, to never get drunk. But I soon learned that I didn't drink like other people. I always seemed to stay close to alcohol. I drank to calm down, to sleep, to celebrate, and to vacation. And I always drank too much. I define too much as the point where I throw up and forget what happens next. I know now how foolish I looked. Everybody, everybody was telling me to ease up, but I didn't. I didn't even understand what they were speaking about. I always figured I could stop whenever I want to. I just didn't want to. Each time I drank, I thought, this time no one has to know. I'll just drink a little and everyone else will be none the wiser. No repercussions. I can control it. I couldn't. Then I would do it again with the same results, but having expected different results. I understand that to be the mark of alcoholism. Things have changed quite a bit over the last years. I wish I could say I haven't used alcohol or gone out on the bender and had to reset my sobriety date, but I can't. And I wish that benders hadn't set back my spiritual progress and the trust I built up with my family and employers, but it did. However, I can say that I am grateful to the depths of my heart that I now have 21 months of sobriety. I am grateful because no more do I hear that i done something stupid again or ruin a vacation by being sauced. I can look at my kids without the anguish of knowing that I am affecting their lives negatively anytime I'm not working my program. I love my children and they look up to me as their source of strength. I do not have to further jeopardize that because today, one day at a time, I am sober. Recently, I obtained a lucrative and high position in a company. I was hired the very day I first interviewed. The manager told me that my honesty and frankness impressed him and therefore I would be a great for the job. While AA doesn't promise that every AA member will get a great job for working a program, I surely believe that without a program, I wouldn't have been able to be so open and honest, self-assured and confident. As an Orthodox Jew, I was worried that I would not be able to work the steps. After all, I'm told to get on my knees to pray, with, which Orthodox Jews do not do and to say the Lord's Prayer from the New Testament in the Gospel of Matthew, which is uniquely Christian. Some AAs go so far as to tell me to break our holy days, to drive to meetings saying that AA is a spiritual program and I don't need my religion anymore. I quickly learned that there are many Orthodox Jews in the program. It's not as if we are immune to the disease of alcoholism. We don't get on our knees. We pray in our usual way and we... we and use religion to boost the spirituality of the program. We pray silent prayer when the Lord's Prayer is said, or we remain silent, and we get together on our holy days to have meetings that we don't have to drive to. Also, I am not an island. I go to at least one meeting every day, two on Sunday, and I don't need to stand out like a sore thumb. The group accepts me for who I am, and they respect my adherence to my religious principles. My sponsor fully understands my situation, and there is really no problem at all. For this, I am most grateful. I am a man of God. I am His creation. Every day I seek to do His will for me and for chances to carry that out. I stand ready to help the person with less time than I, the alcoholic who still suffers any person whom I can be of service to God, with, too, with God's help, blessing, and guidance. I owe a great deal to Alcoholics Anonymous and its members to a loving and caring God, as my understanding allows, and to the steps for giving me a better life. I remain grateful. AA. Thanks. David M. from Los Angeles, California. Thank you much. Have a great day.
<laughs> All right, well, let's pray with the serenity prayer, please. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Amen. Welcome to today's meeting of Alcoholic Anonymous. I'm Fernando, your secretary. Very uh, pleasing to see the group come over here. Um, our topic for today is uh, <coughs> Step <coughs> Tradition 3. The only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. Amen. And then we'll, we'll start with you. <coughs> Finish up that. Uh, you said two well, months. Yeah, my name is Don Babbin. I'm alcoholic. Hey, Don. Don. Yeah, I uh, when I was in jail for 502s and stuff, wasn't very long, but I got out of jail, and that's when I met a gentleman that uh, I was standing in a, by a place in El Monte that I used to go muffler shop, and he drove in, and he says, "Man, you look like heck." And I said, "Well, I do. I feel like heck." I says. And I, I've never said that words before in my life, except in jail once, when I got out. Is I want to, I, I, I want to quit drinking. And I don't know how. And uh, he says, "Well, if you ever, would you like to go to AA and, and uh, to an AA meeting?" I says, "What's AAA got to do with my drinking? <laughs> I didn't know anything about AA, but I had the desire at that moment." to do something about my drinking. And like like it says, you go to any lengths. Well, he said, would you go to a meeting with me? Can you stay sober today? And I says, I don't know. I don't know, I can't promise you that. Well, he says, well, you can go to Baldwin Park and there's a speaker meeting. And he says, I'm on Al-Anon, but my wife's an AA member. And I'm divorced from her, but we're friends. But I'll take you to an AA meeting. Wow. And uh, that's where I heard Joe Rhodes, an old guy that years ago, speak. And there was a lady in a wheelchair right next to him. Her name, her name was Jim, Judy, Judy Winberg. And this uh, <laughs> like Bill Winberg. Anyway, he told his story, and, and I just sit there, and I couldn't believe that a man would stand up there and talk about his, about his innermost self the same way I had those feelings, being an alcoholic, and telling to a group. And I felt something, I just felt something. And that's when, like you said, the desire to stop drinking, I think that's when it really hit me. And I wanted to learn more about it. And of course, uh, as time went on, uh, his, his, her, his wife, uh, had the meeting in, in La Puente. It won't be any place. And I was just down the street from him, or up the street from him. And uh, so I went down there. And that's when I had just that old light hanging down and chairs and smoking and, <laughs> oh God, I said, what the hell am I getting into? And a lady spoke that night and she told her story. And I said, wow, I want to come back to this. And I did. And then a Wednesday night was only two blocks away from my house. And that's where I met Lee Henry and Paul Munson. And that's when he told me to go to Larkella. Mm. And, uh, but I had two months on the program before I went to uh, court. And uh, then he, uh, but I had a court card signed the two months. Lee says, why don't you get this card and show the judge that you, and I'll go with you. He went there with me. And the judge said, well, I'm proud of you doing that. And he says, I'll just give you 90 more days and uh, see how things work out. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, I don't care. Said, That's fine with me. Didn't bother me go up there and have him sign. But that's the way, the, <clears throat> the way it happened to me. The desire to stop drinking was a miracle because I listened to my innermost self. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dad. That's amazing. Yeah, the topic is uh, tradition three. Oh, the membership or the desire? When did the desire kick in? Hi, my name's Tony. I'm an alcoholic. Tony. Tony. <clears throat> you know, 
don't know when the desire kicked in. All I know is I was living a miserable life. And, uh, you know, I, I think it kicks in gradually. You know that you got a problem. Yeah. <clears throat> you know you got a problem. You think you can look at yourself. <laughs> yeah. And you try everything. Yep. And then you get to that place of futility. And uh, my dad was an alcoholic, mm. sober, for a long time before he passed. So <clears throat> I knew about AA. I didn't know anything about AA, but I knew about AA. So I went to my first meeting, scared shitless. Mm. Tried to sit in a half-measured room and ended up at the first table. Oh, God damn. Yeah, that's where... Fucked yeah. up. I fucked up. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> but, uh, you know, guys said keep coming back. and uh, I wasn't ready. It took me a while. I bounced in and out. Because I, I really, I just wanted to learn how to drink like a gentleman when I came. Yeah. You know, I wanted to mm. see if I could control it or whatever. However, whatever that term is. But you know, when I look at this tradition, the thing I think about today is um, the for the group, it's it's the allowance. In other words, you have to have the tolerance to let people come in and run their own program. Let, let If they got the desire, right. just let them come in and be. Mm. You know, I have to say sometimes I have the tendency to look at the guys and say, you need to get a sponsor, you need to do this. They don't need to do shit. They just need to come in and sit down. And it takes whatever it takes to get to where they got to get to. And uh, some, like me, are sicker than others, so you just have to wait until the, yeah. the right time gets there. But I think... From a group, and Neil and I talk about this a lot. You know, just let him run his own fucking program. It's going to mm -hmm. be the way it's supposed to be, yeah. and then uh, you know, don't worry. But just take care of yourself, and, uh, which is hard enough. I got a big enough problem there. <laughs> but I think when you have the group there, if you're just there, and the purpose of the group is to make sure that you know that that's in that, the fifth tradition, but but <clears throat> but the the tolerance within the group in order to let somebody come in and just as long as they got the desire you're welcome here, mm. you know, and that open arms, and that's what I got by walking. I mean, people were so kind, yeah. you know, because they've been right where I was been, and, and that's the difference in Alcoholics Anonymous, that's why AA works, because people know exactly where you are because they have been where you are. They might not have been in the exact same situation, but from an emotional and from a spiritual standpoint, they've been exactly where you are, bankrupt. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the gift of the group to the individual that walks in the room that's looking for a place to maybe see if there's a better way, you know. And sometimes that better way takes a year, sometimes it takes 20 years. You know, you just don't know who that individual is. And we have to have the patience and the tolerance to just allow them to be there and, and take what they can and leave the rest. So that's kind of my thought on Tradition 3 for the day. So thanks for letting Beautiful. me share. Neil? Like yeah, Neil, alcoholic. Hi, Neil. Neil. What's the topic? Tradition. Three, our only desire, requirement, only desire to be a member of AA, stop, desire to stop drinking. That's the hard one. Having a desire is, I don't know when I'm, I had a bunch of mixed feelings when I, when I first came here. Mm. And they, the good thing is the feeling that I want to come back, like feeling that I, I needed to come back. My way wasn't working. And uh, like Tony says, uh, the guys that I met, the genuine, it seemed, seemed like genuine people. They weren't full of shit. They were genuine guys. That, so you, I, I can actually see the the the, the hope. The you know, keep coming back, feeling that they had. I'd never uh, much cared for, especially when, when, I, when I came here and I heard God. I said, oh, no, 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 no. Me and God departed ways a long time ago. So you hear, his, hear the name and the belief that we we're going to have. Uh, it was a little strange for me. 
smashed it on my neighbor's fans three o'clock in the afternoon drunk and then I was I was driving for, for working for Ralph's grocery company and um, and then the El Monte judge and I got me an attorney and the attorney says I'm gonna send you to interview school mm. and tell the judge to send you to AA and I thought I, I was okay talk about denial and the hair in my back of my hair grew up like this, and I said, I asked you to get me out of this, not to get me inside of it. <laughs> and, and he stands up with it. And he goes to the toy, goes, someday you're going to thank me. And he went in, I had to follow him and to stand in the judge, and the judge wanted to, to get at me, and he's kind of like, no, give, give him a chance, because the highway patrol rode down, uh, severely punished this guy. And it wasn't for my actions, it was for my arrogance, my denial. You know, there's three o'clock in the afternoon, it's on La, La Puente area over there, and the kids <laughs> are playing, and I floored the truck, and it, it, you know, I was, I was dealing with a, with a resentment, and the resentment was sitting right, right next to me, a buddy of mine, that we got into a fight once, and, I, and he was just a big guy, and I, and I wanted to get a pipe and hit him over the head. Every time I got, you know, drinking, because he was freeloading over my uh, my house. We had a house for sale. We we're taking care of it. So it was just life wasn't working. So they sent me to AA, and I walked into uh, East LA. I saw a list. I was in Montebello. I went to East LA to the uh, guys over there were, um, and I walked in there, and I saw all this guy. You know, when you walk in, yeah. you're, you're like if you're walking into the bar, you're gonna see who's gonna who you're gonna fight. Yeah. You walk in with that, yeah. that, that warlike. That macho attitude. Yeah, and I, I noticed that all the people had surrendered in their eyes. Everybody was calm. And I, and I realized that whatever they, whatever it was, they were going to teach me this. And it just, the desire started to kick in after the testimonies, the laughter. And like you said, they left me alone. No one came up to me and said, what's your name, what this and that. They just, I guess they, I was unreachable. I had to be because I was sent to AA, and and then when I went to Anabue School, uh, after three months, the lady we we used to have 15 minutes. We had a interview a week, and then an hour session in Anabue, and it cost me $600 back in the early 80s. $600 to the Anabue School. It's $1,100 now. Is it? <laughs> oh my God! I got it. Yeah. And the lady cornered me. She goes, "If you don't." We, we haven't given you the pill 
and we've been watching you. You've been coming over here doing the two-step and acting all like you got this thing. Um, we're going to send you back to the judge, she says. And I go, oh, no, don't send me back to the judge. And I heard too many war stories. I thought my life was over with when I came in AA. And the desire started to kick in, you know, and I didn't think the program was going to work. And I, I told that lady, okay, lady, you got a program here. I commit to this thing. She goes, okay, well, we'll see. And, boy, that commitment was hard, you know, the, the, the skirt free, <laughs> the skirt and the booze free, things like that offering started to come at you. Or, or uh, friends come over to celebrate. They come 300 miles. He wants to introduce me to his new girlfriend. <laughs> and he <clears throat> wants to fight because I won't take a drink with him. And I'm trying to explain commitment. So I got up and danced and, and shrugged it off. <clears throat> but the amazing thing is I started getting a desire to do right. But listen, I took the desire to the wrong place. I took it to education. I got my GED. Mm -hmm. I got, I went to, uh, I went to the Browse Grocery Company. I said, I want to learn air conditioning. I started, I want to learn air conditioning. I was working in the motor pool, changing oil and fueling, fueling trucks. And, and the guy says, well, in the air conditioning for the ammonia, for the big system, for the warehouses. And he says, well, these are the requirements. You got to get a little algebra, a little geometry, and, and, uh, and then bring all these requirements, and then we'll put you on a five-year program of journeyman, something like that, apprentice. 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 So I got everything, and then I went, I had to go get a chemistry thing, and I went to the Rio Hondo place, and in Rio Hondo, in the chemistry, I'm still going with my court card to AA, I'm going on interviews <laughs> twice, and I'm going to work, and I got to get sleep. I live in Montebello, work in Carson, got to go to Whittier, got to Mont and I'm going to Rio Hondo College. Oh my God. I was, and I was my happiest when I looked back. Why was I happy? Because I was out of my head. And the desire, but the desire went in the wrong place. I was getting energy and strength from the AA meetings. Uh, at, the, uh, at the school, they, all they talked about was how to break down alcohol. And I used to think, wow, how do they know I'm going, into, going to Alcoholic Anonymous? And people would come up to me and say, what are you doing in a class like this? You know, they said, are you here to learn how to make drugs or bombs or something? Yeah. You know, the, I look it. Yeah. And I said, no, I want to go air conditioning. And, you know, there was nurses and doctors and there guys look, going toward that direction. Um, but uh, what happened is they, they talked so much about breaking the molecule of alcohol, the carbons and the things, the ethyl, methyl, and, and so forth. And I had a paradigm shift with alcohol. Boom. I smelled it and, it, and it was. I saw it for what it was. The truth was, it was a chemical. And when I was down in East LA at the, at the, I asked one of these girls. I did the 13 step, but we went out dancing and stuff. But come on, let's go. And we went out dancing and we went to the club and uh, memories of El Monte somewhere or something. And I've been there before when I was drinking, but this time I was a different guy. When I walked in there, that place stunk with chemicals. The roof was lower, it was darker, mm -hmm. it was, the people looked like they were in some kind of fiery hell, and, and, I, and I needed to get out of there. I, I uh, came back, and it happened a lot. I kept, so the desire, I said, this, this is a safe place, a haven rest in here. It's just too dangerous to be out there, too dangerous to be without a program. I always wanted a program, I tried, uh, Fuller Brush Company, <laughs> a yeah. program. You know, Johnny Weissman learned how to lift weights on a, some kind of rhythm, some kind of program that will discipline you because I was undisciplined. I knew I needed discipline. So it was only here where I, where the desire grew and grew. But like I said, I took it in the wrong places. I wouldn't put it into working the steps. I, I went into, into, I bought a house, changed, got into real estate. All this power, I was using it outside. And I was right by the El Monte. I, was, I bought out my first house on uh, right by uh, Los Angeles Street and, and Baum Park Boulevard. Walking distance to the club. Yeah. I go back over there. I celebrate my birthday there and tell nice. them the story. That's good. And, uh, but if, since I didn't put them first, and I was selling real estate there, 
I, I'll say this and I'll be quiet. I had, um, I looked, everything was working, going good, but I still wasn't drinking, but I wasn't doing the program. And I had a, I had a Mercedes Benz and I looked at the Mercedes Benz and I breathed in. I said, boy, I wish I had some kind of books and some kind of study I can go to. I said, you know, told the guys. And after that, you know, everything fell apart. Within eight years, everything fell apart. And it took me five years to come back to remember just a, a one year of meetings where the roughage was at. Mm -hmm. And then finally I was up in Northern California and a truck driver became my friend. We were both driving for a company. And he said, I said, what are you up to today? He goes, oh, I'm gonna go to town for a meeting. I said, what kind of meeting? He goes, oh, AA. And I said, oh, I used to go that years ago. It was 14 years now. And this is 1994. And I went with him. And like you said, I saw the first tradition and the, and it and my, my jaw hit the thing. I said, man, this is what I've been looking for all of my life, you know? Yeah. That's when I got into it. And I said, right away I became secretary. And, there and, you uh, go. That desire kicked in and hasn't changed since. That was my story. It's a little long. It's a good one. But that's the way you get here. And yeah. the, only, the only thing people got to remember is we just have to be here for those guys to come in and treat them with respect. Yeah, I think... It doesn't matter how many years I have or anything else, but like you say, Tony, you gotta live and let live Hard on the do. guys coming in. And today, unfortunately, I kind of judge that. And I shouldn't be judging anybody because I was there and they didn't judge, well, they may have judged me, but nobody said anything to me. <clears throat> and so that's what I, have been doing is live and let live. Uh, if they don't want to sponsor or go to meetings, that's that's their problem. Uh, it, it's hard for, for me to accept because I want the best for them. And, and I know what the best is because I've lived it for many years. And that's all I'm trying to, uh, all I feel is I, I want to help them and then I got to just, I just had to back off and say, okay, let go and let God, God will guide him to where he's supposed to be the same way he did me. So I just got, I just got to, whatever they say, I just say, okay, all right. I, could, I don't ask them to get a sponsor anymore or, or any of that. They're, like Tony says, you know, they're here. They have the desire. You got to get uh, release them with love. Yeah. And that's what I do now. Yeah, because that you, was a good you don't topic. want them to go through the same thing you went through. Excuse me? You don't want them to go through the no, same thing you went through. No, definitely. That's, that's where it comes from. Right. I think, right? Yeah. You know? Look at them. But Man, they, 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 they do surprise they, you. They got to get there on their own. Yeah. Right? All I, we can do is provide a safe place for them. They have the desire. Yeah. Yeah, when I'm, I met I met you down at the La Puente Center, and there was yeah. and doors. I go, does anybody need a ride or anything? I opened my mouth, and a newcomer had a backpack, and he goes, "Well, I got to go to court, and I don't have him taking the bus." So I started picking him up from Azusa, taking him down there, and then after a while, I felt like a punk, like he was taking advantage, you know. Oh, drop me off at the restaurant. I go, hey, your brother-in-law needs his grass cut. You know, I wouldn't say that, but you know, mm -hmm. you just can see that taking advantage, and now oh, I started like judging them. And then I got to go to Pasadena. He goes, can you hold my backpack while I go talk to the judge? I don't know if he's going to take me in or not. And I'm holding his backpack there, you know. And then he bought me lunch. Then I didn't see him after a while. Well, Nikki. Then about a few years later, I'm coming back from a driving truck in Bonds here in Elmani. And I stopped at the 24-hour because I'm a member. And I just wanted to like, get my money's worth, just going to use the bathroom. And he's in there at 3 in the morning. Hey, Fernando, me, Nikki. <laughs> I'm sober. You never know, right? Yeah, he you said he's sober. Know. Oh, be damned. Exactly what you said. Just give him a little bit of a... Yeah. You just let him, leave him alone, let him handle it. That, you gotta that's all. Yeah, give you him the rope. <laughs> They'll either go for it or hang themselves. It's amazing, though, the guys that come into the meetings. We had a guy that came into the Wednesday night meeting. I can't think of his name for the 
times to save my life. But he, used to, he came for about a year, you know, was right over here in his church. Then we hadn't seen him for, I don't know, shit. I don't know how many years, five or six. Then he just shows up one time and doing well. And he was a little goofy, you know, when he came in. He was still a little goofy. But it's just like they come in and, and they're, they're a different guy. Yeah. You know, and, and it's just because, it, not because we, of us, it's just because the program was there for him, you know. And uh, that, that's just cool stuff when they come back. And, yeah, you have those random meetings. Yeah. Hey, man, that's that's one of the reasons I like uh, Al-Anon, too, because it helps me to detach, like you were saying. There's a couple of guys that are, you know, it doesn't, they they don't come back, they don't want to be of service and everything, and I keep after them and saying stuff. Did you ever notice how when you get a secretary, they're the secretary for however long it is, and then you don't see them for... Yeah. (laughs) Well, you go through that long, yeah. That's me here in the street, fucking secretaries and shit. They stay there until the term is finished. And then you don't see them for it. And they think they got him. Yeah. There's Tim, I think. Maybe not. Yeah, this guy called Marshall, he got a job. At I Kentucky. seen Marshall the other yeah. day. Yeah, he was here Sunday, yesterday. I seen him sound up there. He finally got a job with... Uh, a container facility, four-year-old company, this H and R or something. That's where he's at today. Where else it How much time has he got? He's got two years, doesn't he? Not? Two well, years. I think we've been watching him for two years. Yeah. yeah. He's got a thousand <laughs> meetings down. He's, he's counting. He's counting meetings. <laughs> a thousand meetings, man. boy. Good for him. What about that girl that comes up, kind of attractive girl, and she goes barefooted and sits on the ground? Oh, yeah, I got her number, uh, Lisa, I mean, uh, <laughs> Erica, Erica. She cuts her toenails on the ground. Yeah. Yeah, she's, uh... I, I, you know, and you, and you see the girls that come in from the, the, I don't know where they come from, the bus. I pray for those girls. Some of them, some mm-hmm. of them are just there looking around and stuff like that, and I says, you know, I've been in that place in my life. God bless them. I hope they hear something for later on in life. You know, I pray for those girls. I pray for all of them every day, morning and night. Yeah, wow, that's beautiful because they—they're a unity. They are unison. When we get here, and they—they they share. You know, one of them will talk about gratitude and about this, and I said, "Wow, you know, they're, they're, so they're united." How long did they stay there in that place? Do you know? Not long. I, the turn, I don't recognize them within a couple of months or so. I don't see any of the faces that were here before. They all have. It's tough being a woman in this. That's the problem. It's tough being a woman. And a lot of them come in pregnant. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. I don't know how they ever got started coming, but it's really got to treat them with a little. A little respect. Well, like you, you. A little care. It's good to have them there. It's like you. Maybe they went to court or something, and then they were... Well, know. it could be part of the requirements of staying in that home. Right, you know, right. It's probably mm-hmm. a sober living place. Right. You know, and uh, you know how it is when they're in those places. you got to have so many meetings a week. Maybe it's two, three, four. Yeah, and trying They to provide meet. the transportation, and they pick yeah. out a meeting, take yeah. you over there. Yeah, I really, my hats are off to the people that put those houses, they buy the houses and they get all those permits and have to deal with all that and get the girls in and that's a lot of work, you know, to get them all to, to uh... well, thank you guys, appreciate you yeah. coming down and pre- uh, let's go ahead and, and close our meeting with the third step prayer for this day, beautiful meeting. Here you get to it. God. 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 I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, of thy love, of thy way of life. May I do thy will. Amen. Amen. Good meeting. Amen. Thank you guys. Really.
took us back. We couldn't let you sit here by yourself, Fernando. <laughs> we don't do that. Hey, I appreciate you guys coming down. Where do these chairs go? And bend my truck right over here. I'll help carry some of those over for you. Thank you. You're going to, you're going to try and do Al-Anon, Oh, yeah, I've got to wait, see if someone shows up. But I can get rid of a couple of chairs. Good afternoon, Fernando here. I'm recording from some of my books under the tree in the yard. The first book I'm reading from is by Eugene Peterson, Living the Message, Daily Help for Living the God-Centered Life. He's the translator of the popular Message Bible. It says, for September 11, a theologian at our side. The reason that we who pray need a theologian at our side is that most of the difficulties of prayer are, are of our own making, the making of well-meaning friends or the lies of the devil who always seems to be looking after our best self-interests. We get more interested in ourselves than in God. We get absorbed in what is or is not happening in us. We get bewildered by the huge discrepancies between our feelings and our intentions. We get unsettled by moralistic accusations that call into question our willingness to even engage in prayer. We get attracted by advertisements of secrets that will give us access to a privileged spiritual, privileged elite, spiritual elite. But prayer has primarily to do with God, not us. And the theologian's task is to train our thinking, our imagination, our understanding to begin with God, not ourselves. Start with God. <clears throat> the first step in learning is bowing down to God. Only fools thump their noses at such wisdom and learning. Proverbs 1 7. You know, uh, what I got to say about that, Mr. Forrest, Forrest Gump, is, um, is basically you got to understand that God's words describing him have to go deep into the soul he is everlasting ever knowing ever merciful ever gracious ever uh ever forgiving ever good that you can't do wrong once you're in christ jesus you're you're up in a platform and only our emotions and our self-criticism keeps us from from enjoying a freedom that we have received through Christ Jesus. Yep, we live in a fallen, broken world. Yep, but God has given us an antidote, and that is Christ Jesus. The desire to do right, that's the one we have to thank God for it. The, the, the light that's in us and the consciousness, we have to thank God that we have Christ in us and we accept His righteousness, we accept His forgiveness. That's all I got to say about that. Okay. <clears throat> the next book I'm going to be reading is some scripture. Now, this is really interesting. Um, the idea of time is, 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 is short. And what God told me to do is to, um, is to read his promises out loud. You know, in prayer, he gave me a vision. And it's amazing. When I read these promises in the morning, the day takes on a special uh, flavor to it, a special rhythm, uh, a special anointing of blessings. You know, um, his, his the Bible says that God's words are seven times more refined than our words. So when we say his words in faith, believing that God is listening to us, that he's out there, uh, we get results. So here we go. This is out of my daily gift, 100 promises for your every need. Day 32, favor. Favor, special privilege, indulgence, underserved partiality, kindness. That's what favor is. For it is you who blesses the righteous man, O Lord. You surround him with favor as with a shield. Psalms 5.12. For it is you who blesses the righteous man, O Lord. You surround him with favor as with a shield, Psalm 512. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. 
Weeping may last, last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. Psalms 30, verse 5. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk in is blameless. Psalms 84, 11. And since we accepted Jesus Christ, his, his works is our works. Uh, our walk is blameless. Even if we fail, even if we fall off the handle, the, the consciousness is still there. And that's the light of Christ. So the best thing to do is agree with it. I've been forgiven forever. Okay. Uh, Proverbs 3.34 says, Toward the scorner, he is scornful. But to the humble, he gives favor. Hallelujah. Who doesn't need favor? Good people obtain favor from the Lord, but he condemns those who devise wicked schemes. Proverbs 12.2 Good people obtain favor from the Lord. Proverbs 16.7 says, When people's lives please the Lord, even their enemies are at peace with them. Hallelujah. The Lord has done this for me, he, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Luke 1.25 The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Luke 1.25 And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Luke one twenty-eight, verse 30. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those in whom his favor rests. Luke 2.14 Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those in whom his favor rests. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Luke 4.18-19 to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Amen. And that's the freedom we get in AA. And we're proclaiming the Lord's favor every time we get together in prayer, you know, in humbleness. Okay, the next book I'm going to be reading, amen. The next book is called The Daniel Plan, 365 Devotional. This is a book by uh, compiled by Rick Warren and a bunch of his friends. 40 Days to Live a Healthy uh, Life. It's a bestseller. Okay, I'm going to up random for today, Tuesday. It says, Focus on God's Priorities. <clears throat> and Psalm 1611 says, You may know, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Psalm 1611. You make known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasure at your right hand. So many distractions compete for our attention. We need to focus on God's plan and priorities for our lives. Some of those priorities are the same for every person. Seeking God's kingdom, loving our neighbors. Some priorities are unique to the stage of life we are in. Consider taking some time to think through the top priorities in your life. What does God want you to be devoted to? to at this point does taking care of your spiritual emotional and physical help make it into your list if you give careful attention to those you have the energy to fulfill everything else god has called you to do if you give careful attention to those god wants you to experience the fullness of joy you can do that by drawing near to him and letting him show you the path of your life try not to let distractions pull you away from that path it's the one that leads to eternal joy. Amen. Food for thought. Choose God's path for you. Will lead, he will lead you to fullness of joy. Amen. 
And with that, I'm going to read one more story. This is from May 2006. Jeremy handed me this. It's a AA grapevine from 2006. So I'm going to open up randomly to a story. And here we go. I opened up to uh, spiritual lines, along spiritual lines. Honoring one's faith. An Orthodox Jew talks about faith, recovering, and the steps of AA. He goes on to say, My name is David, and I am an alcoholic. I was the last one to know. I can't count how many times I heard or read someone else say the same thing. I was the last one to know. But honestly, I didn't believe that I was an alcoholic, even when I landed in a rehabilitation center. I figured anybody who couldn't drink for whatever reason was the poorest sap on the planet. How sad it must be, I thought, to never get drunk. But I soon learned that I didn't drink like other people. I always seemed to stay close to alcohol. I drank to calm down, to sleep, to celebrate, and to vacation. And I always drank too much. I defined too much as the point where I throw up and forget what happens next. I know now how foolish I looked. Everybody, everybody was telling me to ease up, but I didn't. I didn't even understand what they were speaking about. I always figured I could stop whenever I want to. I just didn't want to. Each time I drank, I thought, this time, no one has to know. I'll just drink a little and everyone else will be none the wiser. No repercussions. I can control it. I couldn't. Then I would do it again with the same results, but having expected different results. I understand that to be the mark of alcoholism. Things have changed quite a bit over the last years. I wish I could say I haven't used alcohol or gone out on the bender and had to reset my sobriety date, but I can't. And I wish that benders hadn't set back my spiritual progress and the trust I built up with my family and employers, but it did. However, I can say that I am grateful to the depths of my heart that I now have 21 months of sobriety. I am grateful because no more do I hear that I done something stupid again or ruin a vacation by being sauced. I can look at my kids without the anguish of knowing that I am affecting their lives negatively anytime I'm not working my program. I love my children and they look up to me as their source of strength. I do not have to further jeopardize that because today, one day at a time, I am sober. Recently, I obtained a lucrative and high position in a company. I was hired the very day I first interviewed. The manager told me that my honesty and frankness impressed him and therefore I would be a great for the job. While AA doesn't promise that every AA member will get a great job for working a program, I surely believe that without a program, I wouldn't have been able to be so open and honest, self-assured and confident. As an Orthodox Jew, I was worried that I would not be able to work the steps. After all, I'm told to get on my knees to pray, with, which Orthodox Jews do not do and to say the Lord's Prayer from the New Testament in the Gospel of Matthew, which is uniquely Christian. Some AAs go so far as to tell me to break our holy days, to drive to meetings saying that AA is a spiritual program and I don't need my religion anymore. I quickly learned that there are many Orthodox Jews in the program. It's not as if we are immune to the disease of alcoholism. We don't get on our knees. We pray in our usual way and we... we and use religion to boost the spirituality of the program. We pray silent prayer when the Lord's Prayer is said, or we remain silent, and we get together on our holy days to have meetings that we don't have to drive to. Also, I am not an island. I go to at least one meeting every day, two on Sunday, and I don't need to stand out like a sore thumb. The group accepts me for who I am, and they respect my adherence to my religious principles. My sponsor fully understands my situation, and there is really no problem at all. For this, I am most grateful. I am a man of God. I am His creation. Every day I seek to do His will for me and for chances to carry that out. I stand ready to help the person with less time than I, the alcoholic who still suffers any person whom I can be of service to God 
with to with God's help, blessing, and guidance. I owe a great deal to Alcoholics Anonymous and its members to a loving and caring God, as my understanding for allows, and to the steps for giving me a better life. I remain grateful. AA. Thanks. David M. from Los Angeles, California. Thank you much. Have a great day.